Welcome to Dragon Talk. Yes, Dragon We are Talk. back. We are back in full force today. And we've got a really good show today. I've got a cloud lifter <laughs> on my microphone now. I don't, which is why I don't sound as good as Greg. But you will because you're Shelly Mazenoble and you make wonderful sounds for this official Dungeons and Dragons mm. podcast. I will always use the excuse, well, I don't have a cloud lifter for everything. Well. Every time I feel <laughs> inferior. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I don't have a cloud lifter. I'm going to have to get a cloud lifter one of these <laughs> days. Uh, I don't even know what a cloud lifter is. It's a little device that is now connected to my microphone, which is connected to the computer, which lifts up. Lifts us up. Lifts, lifts us up we where we belong. belong. Um, um, it's really important to Ryan, so that makes me happy. That's true. And it is important that we are lifting up something else that is uh, released this oh. week. Uh, you know, For those of you listening, you won't know what we were. It's the one thing was the release the week before, but it is Betrayal at Mystery Mansion. Oh, my God. It's yes. out there in the wild. It's there. You can explore it. With your family, with your friends, it is a betrayal. Uh, I was going to say betrayal legacy, but it's betrayal at House on the Hill, veined game. Oh, veined! <laughs> right. It makes it even more horror. Um, a Scooby Doo themed betrayal at House on the Hill. Exactly for and the littles. Well, it's for everybody. Yeah. But it, 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 we say eight and up on this one because we did tailor some of those rules to uh, make it easier. If you do want to play it with a younger audience, go for it. Go for but it. But I am, it's like, it's this new betrayal baby out there. And people have, have gotten copies, people have been playing it, and there's really good reviews. That's I listened awesome. to this wonderful podcast yesterday, and they were just gushing. And they're like huge Scooby fans. And for them to say, we felt fully immersed in Scooby Doo, we absolutely, like, they knew what the, ha- the haunts are all based on classic. Um, cartoon episodes of the cartoon, and they they could they knew that like they they were like I remember this episode. I feel like we're one of the gang, and that is that is just the best feedback we could get from you know those Scooby Doo fans because it's really a love letter to that That's brand. Awesome! Uh, it's available in stores now. Talk to your game store, your local game store, see if you can pick it up from there, and yes. go and play it with your families. Great activity to do. While yeah. we are still social distancing here, um, and uh, another great activity that you can do is play some Dungeons and Dragons, which is what our guest Kellen Coleman uh, has been doing with her crew, Girls Guts Glory. They have returned. We're very excited uh, to see the uh, this this group get together once more uh, with uh, Rachel as the dungeon master. Uh, Rachel Seeley uh, doing a fantastic job, and uh, they're streaming live on twitch.tv slash dnd. And I can't wait to jump into this new campaign. Uh, Rachel's amazing uh, dungeon master and performer, and Kellen. We get to talk to her about how she joined and what she's been doing, uh, you know, around uh, her her career in entertainment and in gaming. So that's super cool. We're going to talk to her, and she's apparently been very busy in both. <laughs> very busy. Very busy. Uh, as as of all of us, it feels like you know with with what's going on, it, it, we should be able to take some some more deep breaths and uh, chill a little bit. But it feels like the opposite, where we've been working uh, like crazy, right? I guess. Oh yes, but at least we do have some games to relax with and kind of just decompress. Yeah, 
Right, exactly. So. And we've got some more fun things coming from Dungeons & Dragons to keep us cool. Do we? Uh, Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, <laughs> coming keep us cool. in September. It's going to be great. September 15th, I believe, is the release date for that. And it is a adventure set in uh, an Icewind Dale area that has been beset by even more cold than it has uh, known for in the books of R.A. Salvatore. And uh, we can't wait. Chris Perkins has been uh, talking to us about some of the fun parts of that, uh, as well as uh, getting prepped for uh, shipping that book out the door. Super fun. Snowy owl bears. Yes. Uh, so look for that in September. Uh, but in the meantime, we have a physical release that we can talk about too, which is Mythic Odysseys of Theros. Oh, oh, I just got my copies. You did? How did you get your copies? They were sent to me. You don't really? have yours yet? I don't have mine yet. Oh. You oh, need well, to talk to Bill. I need to talk to Bill. Yeah. I do. Um, uh, because I I've saw... been waiting for, to feel those oh, covers in my oh, hands. Oh, my God. Okay, so we got the the mask cover and then the the limited, the core hobby exclusive cover. The alternative. The al- I, know, but I know we have a name for it there. <laughs> alternate, actually. I don't alternate. think it's alternative because that's Al- 90s alternative. That's uh, right. No, it's an alternate cover. <laughs> So Quinn saw it, and he's like, dude, that is sick. Because that's how he talks now, apparently. Wow. And I'm like, you like this this book? And he was holding, he goes, it looks like rainbows because of the treatment on it. When you, yeah. It's spoiled it's or shiny and beautiful. And he was like, I want this. And then he just took it and walked off to his room with it. So. Sweet. Well, that means he's learning about uh, what it's like to play uh, D&D in a classical milieu uh, mm-hmm. based on the Theros plane in Magic the Gathering, uh, which is in turn based upon Greek myth, um, not necessarily one-to-one analog, but just kind of inspired by those epic stories you remember from uh, the Odyssey or the Iliad or uh, anything involving the Trojan War with gods in physical form battling and and uh communicating with mortals uh and all the personalities with them and it's been really great talking to adam lee and ari levich for our lore segments around these deities um because so many great ideas just flow from like oh i can tell this kind of story you can tell this kind of story there's also really interesting ideas about the afterlife and how you can uh, go into the underworld and maybe escape from the underworld uh, and uh, the gods therein uh, just reminds me of so many great myths and stories that were an inspiration uh, to get into Dungeons and Dragons back when I was a kid. And so it's nice to see it come full circle and I can't wait for more Dungeon Masters to jump in and use some of the parts of this book. Not necessarily whole cloth, but you can use it as, a, as, as inspiration for homebrew too. Definitely. And I maybe you covered this when you talked to them, but it seems like that setting in particular would be like there would be so much to grab onto in terms of, of story. Like where do they did they have a lot of things that they ended up having to cut? Like it feels like you could just have too many ideas in that yeah. setting. Well, what I like about this book is that it's less about, uh, you know, here's this specific story that you have to follow, boom. It's more like, here are some seeds, here are some ideas, here's what it's like in the cities, which are called polises, here's what it's like in the, uh, or pole, uh, here's what pole. it's like in, uh, you know, the underworld, or here's what how this, uh, you know, race of satyrs interacts with this race of centaurs and all that kind of stuff. And so oh, cool. it's been, uh, you know, it's mostly inspiration for, for telling those stories and, and they can, they can jam pack a lot of it in there. There's of course lots of mechanical fun tidbits for uh, mythic encounters uh, that you can fight in as high-level characters uh, and also the idea that you're an epic character from the beginning like no longer 
you know, tied to that idea of this rags to riches, like you must come from, you know, that old hero's journey kind of trope of you must be, you know, the farm boy at some, you know, backwater town and then you get better and get, you know, there's the idea that you can now create a character that is born or or has this uh, fate to do great deeds uh, from the beginning at level one when you roll up that character. And I think that's uh, a, a super fun storytelling uh, yep. trope to explore too. Are you going to run it? I'm thinking about it. I just got to get those books. <laughs> I've been waiting to get the physical ones. Uh, I haven't delved into the digital versions, which are available and have been since June 2nd on D&D Beyond, Roll20, and Fantasy Ground. So uh, I, uh, yeah, I will at the very least be reading passages of them to my kids who love uh, reading oh. about Greek myths. So, Oh my so God. Well, how lucky are you that you have kids that love hearing about Greek myths? But what exactly. a cool thing to do is read to them out of that book. I know. I can't wait. You're going to really inspire Fiona, who we all know is gunning to be a dungeon master. So. Dude, she's been pitching hard to start up a kids playing Dungeons and Dragons show, podcast, whatever, but she wants to dungeon master. She's, she basically every day has been like, did you talk to anyone at work about that yet? <laughs> I think, no, I haven't, but I will. <laughs> Maybe I should pitch uh, Kellen Coleman if she wants to join Girls Guts Glory uh, she, for the next season. They could have Little Girls Guts Glory. So oh my gosh. <laughs> little girls, little girls. We can get Except Aaron, she Quinn can... really wants to play too, though. All right. Little Boys and Girls Against Glory. Yeah. <laughs> With glory and glory. I don't know. But yes, I'm all for the idea. And, um, you know, I think I might become Fiona's agent, just quit my job and. Take her on as my one and only client. I feel like I could get really far in life. I am down with that. Right in Fiona's coattails. (laughs) If that involves more conversations you have to have with her, then all the better. I love my conversations with her. They're good. They are very good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let us get to our uh, segment. We're going to talk to uh, uh, Ari or Adam about some lore coming up right now uh, in, in Theros. So you'll get some information on that. And then we will return with our interview with Kellen Coleman. I'm very excited. Me too. Let's make it happen, shall I? Okay. Okay. Bing. Fog. Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know, wherein me, Greg Tito, speaks to, in today's segment, Adam Lee. Hello. Hello. Uh, we are going to talk about little bits of Dungeons and Dragons lore uh, that you can use in your game, or just because it's fun to know this stuff uh, as you think about Dungeons and Dragons. And continuing with our series of discussing the uh, themes and deities in Mythic Odysseys of Theros, which is going to be yes. in stores uh, July twenty first. It's already available oh, digitally. I know, right? Have people have those it physical books? Uh, it's yeah, going to be yeah. so great. Um, we are going to discuss in this segment Erebos, the deity of the dead, and what uh, a little bit about the underworld uh, is going on, uh, you know, and, yeah. and more of an overview. Um, we've mentioned it a couple times in, in regards to uh, these conversations, but now we're going to talk in detail about what happens when you die in Theros. Uh, and perhaps yeah, so. come back. But we'll get that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Oddly, well, I guess not oddly enough, but um, Theros is a plane that when you die, uh, the adventure is kind of just beginning. So um, we've <laughs> only just begun. 
Yeah, and I think every um, Dungeons and Dragons character uh, or player is familiar with how uh, that can be a bad thing sometimes. But now here, it's it's opening up like a whole new storytelling possibility. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun that um, you know, as a DM, like you you can have your adventurer, especially get up to a higher level, and then um, you know meet their fate and uh, die, and then all of a sudden now the game just kind of transforms and goes into a whole new sort of like almost world really um, with, with uh, plenty of monsters and plenty of intrigue and plots and all kinds of stuff to happen and trying to find a way out of the underworld um, that uh, because once you're in the underworld, the way back is closed Mm -hmm. and uh, many, many have gone before and have found ways out. There are there are more than one way to get out of the underworld. Or skin um, a cat. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or you know, uh, pluck a goose. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be a lynx, right? Skin a lynx if we're talking about, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, how to demonstrate our, our cultural knowledge of, of Greek animals. Um, That's right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so and and then the Lord of uh, the Underworld, uh, I learned in my last session with Ari Levitch, uh, is a shadow of another deity. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. The myth is that uh, Heliod, the god of the sun, uh, when he first saw the sun, it cast a shadow, and he was so horrified that he had this shadow that he actually banished his own shadow uh, into the Underworld. And that became Erebos. Um, now, whether that's true or not, we don't know. Um, but that's the myth. And um, yeah, so the, there is this god, Erebos, very powerful god um, that is in, in the underworld. Um, and the underworld is also, it's broken up into five layers or five wards. And each ward has its own sort of particular domain of dead that have gone there. If, if you are a a sailor that was drowned at sea and you have, uh, or you have aching sort of emotional, mis- like melancholy, then you're going to go to this one ward. Uh, so it's called, um, uh, what is this? Let's see, where's Nerono. So you will go to that certain ward. If you're a, um, if in the life you were kind of a terrible, cruel warrior that had no honor and you, or you were cowardly, you would go to Agonus, which is a place where all these sort of warriors that were failed uh, are pit against each other and terrible monsters in this giant stadium. Um, so there are all these different wards. There is one ward, though, called Elysia that Erebos doesn't have any dominion over. Um, and that is sort of the, the, the place where great heroes go and uh, virtuous people and people who are good in life and did wonderful things for um, you know, civilization and promoted um, law and ideals. Um, and Elysia is a lovely place. Uh, if you go down and, and uh, you're taken to Elysia, then um, you're living this beautiful afterlife. Um, and so it kind of speaks to this thing that Erebos, even though he's banished to the underworld and he rules over it, he's still not the full commander of it because he's not able to get into Elysia and, and do terrible deeds and cause misfortune and strife. So these things are, that Elysia is kind of like barred from his presence. Um, so it kind of speaks to this idea that he's not all powerful uh, in the sense of, you know, the God of the underworld, 
but he is sort of like the custodian of it. Like he's mm-hmm. running the show and he's definitely very strong, but um, he's not, uh, you know, master of all of it. So it, it, it also kind of makes him more the embodiment of the God of misfortune and strife and misery. So <laughs> even he's miserable about his own condition. So, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, what, talk a little bit about what his personality is like. Does he focus on this misery of, of being banished and, and, and uh, unwanted by uh, Heliod? Yeah, I, I, he definitely, Heliod is probably his main enemy. Um, he's envious, jealous, spiteful, although there's a part of Erebos's personality in that he is, being the god of the dead, he knows that eventually everybody's going to come to him. Mm. Um, so he has this sort of like smug, like smirk on his face that, yeah, it doesn't matter how tough you are, and he's got all of time. He's immortal, so it doesn't doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter to him, but he is eventually going to get everybody. And I think in Erebos's mind, he's even going to get Heliod because gods can be killed, uh, as as has been demonstrated. So, um, so yeah, he is he is uh, his main enemy is Heliod, uh, but he also has a particular. A grudge against another god called Phoenix, and Phoenix is the first mortal to have ever died and got out of um, Erebos's domain. Um, so I, we'll we'll definitely check about him um, later on. So but, what kind uh, of uh, what kind of uh, followers does Erebos have? Is it something that you? Uh, only venerate as, as a protection, you know, as being like, hey, Erebos, leave me alone, I'm not going to mess with you, or do are there people who are like, I am a adherent to misfortune and I want to bring misfortune to more people? Yeah, I mean, it, it, Erebos is one of those weird ones, like if you're going to worship Erebos, um, kind of the three main sort of vectors of Erebos are um, somebody who exalts in death, um, so uh, a headsman or an assassin, um, somebody who, you know, in, enjoys taking people out. Um, now, it could be if you were to roll up a character and say, my character wants to worship Erebos, you could be a color, you know, somebody who calls out um, certain people in the world uh, that you're looking for um, great monsters to slay or great, uh, or people who uh, are sort of, um, you know, if, if you wanted to get bad guys you could you could find bad guys to take out um they're also the other part of of Erebosir is that he is kind of the god of wealth because uh in in the underworld gold is sort of worthless um and gold is everywhere and so by sort of that association you know gold gets amassed down there when people bring their wealth down there it's it's worthless and they just kind of pile it up so people who um, want to amass great treasures um, could be worshippers of Erebos as well. Um, I could see like a great dragon, you know, that uh, that has amassed a big treasure hoard, or um, you know, a a, a sort of a, a dark wizard who's in a tower and has just you know got a got a treasure hoard in the in the dungeon below could uh, definitely be uh, in with Erebos. Um, and then the sort of the last thing is like people who kind of are wanting to try to find a way to deal and accept their fate, um, that, 
uh, are kind of worshipers of Erebos. So uh, Erebos worship, it really isn't sort of like a, it, it would be tricky to have a player character be uh, a, a follower of Erebos. Um, so, but I think worshipers of Erebos make great villains because mm-hmm. <laughs> all of those things are very villainous sort of traits. Somebody who's a, is a, you know, a, a killer and just randomly wipes people out. Um, somebody who's trying to steal treasures, great treasures and hoard them. And, and then somebody who is just trying to, you know, like, you know, prove to the, all the mortals that the, the world is, is sort of meaningless and they're, and they must accept their fate and all go to Erebos willingly and not try to like resist it and become heroes um, in their own right. So, mm. Uh, I could also, I mean, you're totally right that they make great villains and it's something to be a foil against uh, for the player characters. But as a, uh, you know, someone who sometimes plays assassins or things like that, you, you can totally see a Dexter type character where, yeah. like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing evil acts by, uh, you know, murdering these people, but I'm doing it so that they get removed. Uh, and it took me a while to say color. I thought you meant like, like the color purple or the color oh, blue, the color. <laughs> uh, but like it's C U L L E R, the someone yeah. one who calls, and mm-hmm. uh, I could see a uh, a lot of you know gothic dark type players enjoying that type of uh, uh, role play in in Theros. Yeah, in yeah and, and and with with you know with with a DM who's kind of got a, an adventure where there are you know wicked people that need to be you know taken out that are causing you know, great misery and you have a sort of this you know maybe a rogue character that's really good at just sort of you know being like a sniper or a stealthy to infiltrate and and, and take somebody um take somebody out uh, yeah to, to have that character be um you know somebody who worships Erebos and you know like one of the things I, and I was talking with Ari and Ari had this really great point that um you know that really people who are in Theros are worshiping the Pantheon. So it is a sort of, you know, taking, maybe I'm 50% worshiper of Erebos and a 20% worshiper of um, Karametra and uh, 10% of Iropos, you know, and it's like, I worship those gods mainly. And then all the others are just kind of like 2%, 1%, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but really all the gods are real in this, in this, in this plane. And they act, and they're actively sort of at work on, on the plane. So to ignore any of those gods is to kind of like not hedge your bet. You know, you've got to try to appease everybody because these gods are are jealous and they're vindictive and they're they have all the foibles of, of human beings. So to ignore a god is to kind of tempt their wrath. <laughs> so you want to make sure that you've kind of covered all your bases. And if you're going to go. You know, if I was a worshiper of Eroes, but I was going to go into the woods, I might leave an offering for Nylea, you know, say like, hey, you know, I'm going to enter the woods and please, you know, make my journey safe. So it's like all the gods are living and all the gods, I think a, a player character, um, if you're going to go really in world, um, would appease, try to appease all the gods, you know, with the exception of, well, I don't know, even not without the section of like Mogus, you know, like if if you were going to go to a battlefield or something, you might say to Mogus, like, even though you, you find Mogus reprehensible, it's like, you might say, Hey, you know, um, I'll leave an offering of blood, you know, and 
just like keep all the you know harm from me or something. So that's interesting. Yeah. So it's yeah. like it's something that's woven into the fabric of 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 every, almost every aspect of daily life, right? Where like if something that you feel could have influence from one of these deities, you would offer up a silent prayer or an offering or things like that. And yeah. you know, you could see that happening. You know, if you're gonna get into a fight with Mogus, uh, or you know get into a fight and then say something like that to Mogus, but yeah. then you could also do that for, for Erebos when someone passes or something like that, right? Yeah, well, like, if you, you know, if you're a player character and you're running, you know, full-on Theros live, then you definitely got on your person, you have, um, you know, a, a coin or some valuable object to give to Athreos. And Athreos is the god that transitions you from the mortal world to the underworld. So it's the river boatman. It's it's Charon or Karen um, in the Greek myth. So um, so Athreos is is the boatman, and and so if you die in the mortal world, you've got to make sure you have this this um, this token or this this sort of payment, this ticket to the underworld, because if you get to there uh, to the underworld and you're at the river, um, then and you don't have your 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 passage fare. Um, you're abandoned. You're just left there on the shores. And you know, you know, if you did a, a a game where you went to the underworld, the the river shoreline would be littered with people who are begging, trying to get passage. You know, fee to get passage because either they weren't buried properly or they died in a way where they they didn't have their their passage fee on them, um, or they were you know cursed or somehow you know they they were left um, you know. So it, that's another cool image to get down to the, I think the river is called Tartix. That's but cool. if you get, yeah, get down to Tartix, the Tartix river and, um, and if you don't have your fare, you're, you're, you're out of luck. What does that look um, like? What is, what do what, when you, when you die, does it look in there, does it look like a, like a ghostly figure or do you just look like yourself? Yeah, when you so when you get down to uh, when you die, you, you know it depends how you're buried. If you're mm. if, you, if if you you know have no funeral rites, nobody's there to mourn you. You're not you don't, you're not equipped with you know any any um, you know passage fee like your coin. You usually have a carry a big coin on you. If you have none of that, you just go down and, and you look like you do, um, and you see everybody at the shore. Um, and then Athreus will show up and ask for the fare. If you don't have it, then tough, tough luck. You're kind of in limbo and you're just sort of stuck there. And that would be a fun adventure to figure out like, well, how do I get across or, um, you know, or you, you've got to wait for somebody else to come down and then hopefully bargain if they have more than enough grave goods with them. But if you can pay your, your fare, then you'll pay Athreos and you'll hop on the barge and you'll go across the Tardix river. And, Athreos kind of has this cool thing where he'll assess your your life and know he knows instantly who you are and how you've lived your life and and if you've lived a good life then he'll take you to Elysia. If you've lived a life where you've been you know kind of cowardly and shady and you, you've done a lot of you know sort of non heroic deeds as a warrior, then you'll go to Agonus. If you're you know. Um, if you're a, you know a drowned sailor that you know was very morose, then you would get to go to uh, Nerono. So it'll just audit Athros. And I kind of when I was thinking about this, I was like, it's probably like you're on this boat, and as you go, 
the people who are going, like a, there's a massive group of people, but then as you kind of sail, people just start disappearing as they go, like, because I think Athreos is like multidimensional. Like he'll split. Yeah, yeah, okay. So you It's know, like quantum death. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's just, it's, yeah, this, this feel. So it was, and I was like, oh, that'd be cool, you know, to, to have that image. <laughs> like you're sailing and all of a sudden just a whole bunch of these people just go, because they're going off to their different, you know, to their different underworlds. Can you travel and, to different areas or different layers uh, of the underworld if you are deceased? Yeah, yeah. So, so you die, you go, um, you'll go there. But yeah, so that's the thing. As a as a regular NPC in Pharos, you will you go to the layer that Athreos claims for you. If you are a um, if you are a player character, then I feel like you you probably have some kind of agency, even though technically you're dead. You you go into the underworld. Um, I I feel like as a DM, I would say like yeah, Athreus will take you where he, he feels that your your energy is supposed to be at. But um, maybe you can bargain with him. Maybe you can try to mimic and do some kind of magical act that makes it like, oh, if I wanted to go to, say, if I wanted to go to Erebos's ward, which is Tazarius, if I wanted to do that, I could try to make myself like pretend that I was a murderer and like rewrite write my memories or have a fake memory or something and try to trick Athreos. Maybe possible, maybe not. I don't know. It depends up to the DM. But yeah, you could, you could try to game and see if you could trick Athreus to take you to the layer, the board you wanted to go to. Yeah, that's interesting because I could yeah. see as you were mentioning, like, oh, a, a campaign that ends up, you know, happening on the in, in the underworld or or gets there because of a TPK yeah. or whatever, uh, and then yeah. you're you're all being brought to different um, areas. Like, you know, part of the fun of that adventure could be, you know, okay, we need to we need to get back together somehow, and how do we how do we do that? How do we travel and then meet up again as a party, and then figure out how to get out of uh, the underworld. Um, but we'll have to cover that bit uh, in yeah. another segment on how to get out uh, because <laughs> there is a lot of lore associated with that uh, as well as... And w- yeah, what's the name of the character, the god uh, that... Oh, has, Erebos? No, no, the one that is, uh, has left. Oh, Phoenix. Phoenix. We'll get to hear about uh, them and their struggle uh, and uh, see what analogs it might have with Greek myths and whatnot because uh, there's, there's a few there that pop up. Um, perfect. Well, thank you so much, Adam. That's a great overview of some of the cosmology of the underworld, as well as what its uh, you know domain leader is like in Erebos, uh, the shadow of Heliod. Um, mm-hmm. If people want to ask you any questions or or get in touch with you or engage with you as a lore master in any way, how can they do so? Yeah. So on Twitter, um, I'm at at Adam of Adventure. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. We'll get into some more stuff with uh, this book in a future segment. So thank you so much, Adam. Excellent. Yeah, my pleasure. I feel like I know so much more uh, about Theros, and I want to delve into those deities even more, perhaps rescue uh, my true love from the underworld. What do you think? Yes, I I support all of that. All of that. Speaking of true loves, <laughs> uh, let's go to our uh, interview with Kellen Coleman, who has played a lot of romantic leads in her time. 
perhaps. But we'll, Good idea. We'll, we'll get to the we'll get to the heart of that uh, when we call her up. Let's welcome Kellen Coleman to Dragon Talk. Hello, Kellen. How are Yay! you? Hello. I'm great. I'm in outer space. How can anything be wrong? That's <laughs> better than probably being anywhere else. You know, I, I, I needed a vacation. Yeah. Cheap jokes, guys. It's just all about the dad jokes <laughs> and quarantine. This, dad and right. mom jokes. This is what we have, have resorted to. It is to. what we're working with. That's how right. are you, though? How How is your quarantine? You know... I think it's been a hard two weeks. I'm I'm realizing for a lot of people, the two these two weeks for some reason this week and last week were the hardest. Uh, I think I've had and a lot of my friends and family have had for some weird reason, but the end of this week really picked up. So I, it's been good. There's been it's very nice to have like outlets like podcasting and zooming and uh, you know live stream live streams mm-hmm. and D and things that can take you out of i'm using a lot of quotes but we need them taking <laughs> you out of this world um has been very helpful i think I and that's why it's great that uh girls got Lori has started up again uh you guys Thank are timing. streaming on uh the D twitch channel on wednesdays 10 a.m Pacific time. So, uh, how has that been like coming back to you know the crew? Because uh, you guys have been you know playing together for like three or four years, but it's been a little bit I since you, you played, right? Yeah, it's it's we hadn't played in a while. I think what we did is we were talking about getting you know something going again. We had been waiting for a space to um, do a live stream from again. Physically, and right? Wasn't that funny when we were thinking oh, about yeah. how, to, how to be together in person with people? <laughs> and then the world said, nope. Um, so we were waiting. Little did we know we didn't need one. So we were waiting on a physical space. And that's the only reason we hadn't been, oh, do you hear that? See, this is a real quarantine Zoom moment with the with the garbage, if you hear that. No, we didn't but, hear oh, that. Good. You know, it's just the waves rolling in the background. I don't. It's just an earthquake. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh-huh. Just the sure, waving. everything's yeah. fine here. No. Uh, so, so I do my own stunts. Yeah. That was the table. Um, that was actually so, very yeah. impressive. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I get paid the big bucks. So, um, <laughs> where are they? Dollars? Anyone? Uh, in space. So they're not around. Um, so yeah, we started, we were waiting for a space and then we kind of were talking about, well, what if we just now, and then this happens and then we're like, okay, well, what if we do it on record it or do it on live or whatever. And then there was a few confusions about doing it live because sometimes the internet will go down, you know, sometimes everyone's on it all at once. And there was a lot of those problems happening when we started. Mm -hmm. So we thought, you know, recording it, but playing it live and not editing or anything would be a great way to do it. And we started talking Kelly, our usual DM, Kellen Lynn D'Angelo, who's amazing, and she plays on many other uh, many other campaigns. But uh, she was so busy with her writing that Rachel kind of stepped up and said, "Hey, I want to DM." So after talking and everyone was cool, that Rachel decides to DM, and then we all we played a mini game, and then from there, like a mini like session, and then from there came up with new characters and we each had to play with her one-on-one to kind of go through it like for our backstory and everything. And then we all ended in the same place so that when we started the campaign, we kind of woke up and had to figure out how we were all there and how we got there. 
That's cool. Long story. That's but yeah, so very it's, cool. It's been real. It's been great, and um, we've. I think we have like seven in the can, as they say. Um, in the biz. In in the in the drive, uh, we've done. I think seven, and yeah, it's been really good. I like. I really like the character I'm playing. I really like everyone's. Um, we're meshing well. I just watched part of the first one. I was on the chat, like in Twitch. And I definitely see how all of our characters have changed over the last uh, few weeks. And we would have put it out sooner, but, you know, then the world blew up in other ways. And we thought it was irresponsible to put it up immediately. Like we wanted to wait until we thought people, it was not only socially appropriate, but that people were were ready to accept um, reprieve and kind of escapism a little bit because people are working so hard for lots of different reasons and different causes. And uh, it gets to a point where you, you need to, you need to take a break and that's okay. That's the thing I'm telling everyone this week yeah. is like, you can't like the whole airplane thing, put on your mask before you can help somebody else. Right. You know, yeah. you got to. Self-care is very important. Yeah. During yeah. This self-care time. is really important. And part of my self-care is playing Dungeons and Dragons. That's great. That's true for That's a lot of people. That's excellent. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. so I love uh, that Rachel uh, started off that way with you guys, uh, being able to play I that one on one, and then having you know, because it's always a little bit awkward when you're doing that. Like, oh, you all meet in a tavern, and yeah, you know, it's right. good for one shots when you're not necessarily worried about character development, but for something like this where character is very important, you know, having that baseline of of not uh, having the practice of having at least one session translating what's down on the paper for your character and then embodying it is great. And I, how did right. that feel and, for you? Um, what's well, really, you know, it's, it's still like a, you have still figuring out who your character is and you're new, like all, you know, I'm playing a, a, a rock gnome wizard and figuring oh, cool. out how to be a wizard and like figuring out that wizards are all, actually a little problematic in certain ways because you don't really have anything other than spells and you have to pick the right spells. And not knowing about them, kind of trying to um, learn. Everyone's learning their new characters, and then you have to mesh. So it was a we are starting a little bit ahead of the curve, even though you're still learning because you've had at least one go of um, of trying that out and doing mm-hmm. like let's say if you have an accent or if you have you know a little bit of backstory, you played the backstory. It's not just something you know. The only problem I will say is we started. And since it's out there, I can say this. Uh, we started and we had all lost our memories. So it, <laughs> so it didn't, didn't really matter. matter. <laughs> what? Like, oh, this is, I know. It was, I, I still want to ask her what I mean about that because it was like, yes, like we're going to be ready to go. We're all going to be able to like tell each other so much. We know a bunch of our characters. And then we'd all lost our memories. <laughs> and then so, she's like, psych. So how can you, like, I thought that was an interesting way to go. I don't know if I, if I was a DM, if I would have done that just because it's so hard to build a rapport and a kind of the adventuring party coming together when you can't even tell people who you are. Uh, it's it's but it it's really TV. interesting as yeah, a as, it's a good how challenge. Good, how, that's how good it is is that we figured it out and um and then you feel the loss. To watch us realize that. Yeah. Right, cuz if like, you hadn't had that session you wouldn't have felt any kind of loss. There was good things about it. There definitely were good things yeah. about it. And the fact that we had to like regain some of that and the memories could come back in certain ways and that we were really like longing for something. Um, and kind of trying to figure out what we know, what we don't know. And uh, seeing us as players, 
um, realize that was very uh, interesting as well, I think. So, yes. This, so, this yeah. one-on-one with the DM, mm. I'm like still on that. I actually wrote yeah. it down in my notes because I, right. I think what a cool way, especially for new players, if, they, if mm. you had f- to have like a session alone with a dungeon master – to not only yeah. do the things like you know to that 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 Rachel was doing with you and your crew, but it would help somebody who's really new to to role playing or or not really knowing like what things mean on a character sheet. Like you can kind of get like a practice session in in an, an environment yeah. that feels really that's what I've been safe wanting and, to do actually. Like as I want to start because I'm so I'm an actress, you know, uh, singer, blah 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 blah. And a lot of us are. So a lot, some of us have a big improv background. I do because I started doing improv when I was a little girl. I never came up in one of the schools. I think I took one class at like UCB. But I, um, I just learned really early as a kid. And I've always just been able to do it, incorporated it into work. But um, it's really lends itself to uh, characters. Like I know where my strengths are in playing D&D. And I know what they're not. <laughs> and... Uh, one of the things I'm, I'm good at is I'm always there for a joke. I'm, you know, I bring the levity when we need it or keeps it funny, you know, and then characterization. Um, I think I played last, our podcast, I was a character with, I couldn't decide. So I played uh, five characters, five or six characters in one. I decided to give myself a split personality. Um, I don't know if you can say split personality disorder anymore. Please excuse me if that's the uh, Right. It's not even multiple. Uh, it's disassociative disorder Maybe. personality okay. disorder so, or something like that excuse me if i said that wrong but dissociative disorder but it's also that dis- i don't know anyway something you like know that. what i'm talking about <laughs> we'll get a psychologist so myself, in here <laughs> right come on next show and i ended up like like switching i would switch in between characters whenever i thought that i needed one of them and then i would change my accent and i didn't multi-class but i just changed my personalities towards what we needed for five so five different that, ones at, at once. And I didn't know how I do it. And then I just started doing it. And so I, I would, would kind of get caught in my voice or do some, and then I would just go in. It was very, I don't know how I did it. I don't know if it worked. You could but. basically just play D&D by yourself. <laughs> you don't even need a party. I could. I could. <laughs> but, but the thing that The thing that I don't know is I'm really bad at all memorizing like numbers and rules and all of the, is that right brain? All of the like very um, academic sort of parts of D&D. And when we first started to play, I love that no one kind of hated on us for being new and being, you know, not knowing. We are very open about not knowing what we're doing sometimes and that that's okay because I felt like in the beginning, the reason why I wanted to play is because I'd always been told it was for boys and I'd always been told it was so nerdy and uncool. Well, number one, I don't care because I am a nerd and, and all of that. And also I don't care that it's for boys, but as a kid, it was it's very much presented in a certain way where it wasn't even an option for me to play. Like no one even was like, Hey, do you want to? And I think that now um, that I've learned, uh, I think it's okay, especially to let people know you can mess up and that this is what I want to do now. But the whole point of this is I want to start DMing Using the ability to create the characters and the world and the imagination and the improv, but I just have to work on the other part. So I think the one-on-ones is also good to learn to DM. And I know that D&D has come out with, I'm not like plugging product, even though it sounds like I am. Let me tell you a little about 
but don't they have we have they have an essentials kit and a starter kit yeah. and like one of them is can, you can do with two players right yeah i've been, yeah. i've done that with my daughter where the essentials kit we can play one on one and then there's easy rules for having sidekicks that can fill out the party right so that's so that whole long diatribe i just went on because i'm so excited <laughs> to talk yeah. to people in quarantine um, <laughs> was to say that i want to start learning the dm and i think you can do that with that uh starter thing with two people. I think it's a yeah. great way to learn on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, yeah. long way to say that. That's a I good idea. I um also want to to dip my toe into DMing. I'm terrified of it. Mm. And um and I've had some bad experiences oh, when no. I tried before. But um I yeah, like I'm sitting here looking at the essentials kit that I've been staring at for the past 6 months. I have it like, in my I mean, as well. I don't know why I haven't like tried my <laughs> DMing. <laughs> why haven't I? Why haven't why I tried? You guys so, play together. You guys can play together. Easy it's practice on Listen, each other. We could. It's so overwhelming. I think that this is what I'm getting from a lot of friends that are finding out that I play because I think that certain people look at what they want to of your social and of your of your life and whatever. And now that I'm, you know, I guess they're in quarantine. They have to look at your your feet. Um, <laughs> Cause there's nothing else to do. They to. are going, Oh, you play. I want to play. How would I do that? And I'm going, well, it's a really hard kind of con like thing to tell people how to get started. Mm. I find, um, I find that that's what I think the reason why a lot of people don't or haven't played or why it was like a sleeping, like it, it seemed like it was under wraps for a long time. And then with the resurgence of like, you know, showing it in TV shows like Stranger Things or whatever, people got really interested in, I think, and it got, we have a new wave of it, of sure. its popularity. In my, in my, in my, as well as of it. what, I mean, not to, not to, uh, you know, toot your horn for you, but, you know, shows like Girls Guts Glory, I think, go a long way towards, um, sure. you know, demystifying it so you can kind of see like, hey, sure. we can mess up. It doesn't matter. We're all fun right. and, you know, cool people hanging out and, and isn't that awesome? And that was, you know, in addition to the the cultural references you're talking about, I think seeing, you know, real people play, it makes it mm. like, oh, this is not that hard. I can do it. And then you can also learn, it, you know, I always use the analogy of like it's um, uh, sports. Like, you know, you never, you didn't read the manual on how to play basketball or play right baseball you watched it you watched people do it yeah. you got you know figures that you, you wanted to emulate and, to. or and you then played you, and someone went no do that right <laughs> oh okay you learn yeah. on the go yeah you have a coach I they mean, teach you it was, right it was honestly it was one girl it was kim who originally was our dm but she had never dm'd kim hidalgo who was like hey have you ever wanted to play this and she reached out to certain girls that she thought might want to and then whoever responded responded um, just, I was so intrigued by the idea because I'd never been asked before if I wanted to play. Mm. And I think that when, when these people are asking me, like, how do you get started? I'm, I'm struggling. I think that, I think what I'm gathering is that you have a night with friends where you have, you know, your cocktails or your orange juice, whatever you like. <laughs> and then you go through making, helping them make characters. I think that's what was important because someone had to help me make my character in the beginning. Um, and then you go through some, I think the DM is the one who needs to know what they're doing. We had someone sit in and help us. And then, um, or someone who's very studious, like Kim, who then later like read the whole DM <laughs> manual, I think. Um, and then you just take a shot at it. Basically what people need to know is it's just, you're playing make-believe. 
but with you get to throw some dice to tell you what you can do and you'll know what to throw because someone's telling you what to throw or what to roll. I don't know why I'm saying throw, like I'm playing um, craps in the, in the alley in New York. <laughs> throw that Seven. How, how big is your game table? I love it. I'm going to get the snake eye. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I throw them across the room because I really want that D20 to just hit hard. Um, no, but <laughs> ridiculous. But I think that you just like get some people together if you need help making characters or use like the Indie Beyond, which is like, you know, really helping a lot. I love how you can even roll dice on it now. Thank you. God, I know. I'm so bad at math. You have no idea. I still count with my fingers. So thank goodness it's it like tells me how many points, how many. It, it really helps. I think it really does. The, I, yeah, and I think that's the reason it's just it's just seems hard, but it's actually once you get the hang of it, you're it's still allowed to be confusing. You just have to know that you're gonna have fun. You're gonna make believe. You get to be like crazy characters, and uh, just you have to fake fight and fake all this stuff. It's just kind of acting out things with your friends and being silly while having, you know, minimal rules, I guess. Yeah. And it's okay to, I mean, and you know, it's okay to not know what to do and ask. Oh, "Oh, what do I do here? Okay, great. I'm going to do that. And then just go with it. And I think the thing that I always go back to that you just said, which was, it's really just friends getting together and drinking. With yeah. with, with yeah. a little bit of a framework around Except like oh here's some kids characters. play yeah Except right exactly kids play. I mean well, that's I when they have the orange juice yeah <laughs> right yeah <laughs> I would want to get my nephew to play but he's only eight and uh, right. the starter kid is twelve and I'm like mm, he's super mm. smart so I think he'd be he able to I think you so can I'm modify thinking, yeah I think of the next trip I'm gonna be like hey do you want to play this game remember that book I gave you um, it's just it's such a good it's such a good um, exercise in the imagination and it's i mean it's all things fantastical who doesn't love i mean you're boring you just want to live in this world my god (laughs) clearly you're in outer space right now (laughs) i mean yeah it's it's really helped uh uh you know during during quarantine as you mentioned right like is that has that been a a nice way to have that social connection we had, we, for sure, because we have, um, you know, we're all friends. Actually, some of us knew each other, but we're not, like, we're not all, we're not in the same group of friends. These are people who are just like in separate groups or one person shared all of them. Like Kim shared all of these people, either her sister or her sister's friend, or, you know, a few of us, like maybe one of us was in the same group of friends. And then the rest, we've kind of become this other group. and. It brings you together. You get to talk before and after. Uh, you get to be. Our, our, it's funny because your your own personalities come out while you play. So like, you know, I always know that Ali is going to be um, like a very holistic <laughs> kind of um, character that is kind of more quiet and <sighs> mysterious. And then I know Kim's always going to be like something little or, or like you know, or very studious and very A-type personality, which is more Kim. And like, um, Erica's just going to be like something sprightly and fun. Uh, Rachel, when she will be like, she'll just try to get killed all the time. (laughs) 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 No, no, she doesn't. But I think every time on certain campaigns, I'd be like, stop it. You're just going to get us killed. But now she's a DM, so she just wants to kill us. Oh, all right. Uh, And then... Who else? I mean, Alice is always 
surprised with the knowledge. She pulls it out and you're like, how do you know that? You Have you read every book? She just, what? And then I'm the one that comes in and acts a fool. So it's- Gotta uh, have your role. Everybody nice. has a role. Yeah, it's funny because we really do end up, although in the beginning, our first campaign, um, they were all, of course, I'm picking like pixies and and elves and all these very, I would say, stereotypically maybe feminine, uh, the way they were picking characters. And I got kind of upset. I was like, wait a second, we need some brute. We need some, you know, someone to come in there and wreck, you know, stuff up. And so I ended up trying to fill in the blanks. I didn't know that we were going to get stuck into these characters. So I picked a dragonborn barbarian. Oh my God. And then we were supposed to dress up. So we decided it would be fun. So I, so I'm like, wait a second. How am I supposed to wait? You all have glitter and pretty makeup. How am I supposed to dress as That's a hilarious. dragon? Bar- I got very upset. I'm like, I'm gonna hate this character because I wanted to be pretty too. It was like elementary school all over again. And then, and then I started playing this character that I named Trinishka Theodrius, and I started having an Eastern European accent, and I was just like drinking and like it was very sexual and i loved all the the drugs i mean you know we sh- you know kids don't do drugs but the, the I fantasy was very, drugs that are there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the mushrooms yes yeah, i i was just very body and like um just that girl or that person that character and it ended up being so freaking fun i can't believe i was gonna throw it out and do a new character that's you really playing? can make it what you want. Yes. Now, yeah. is this, is this, are you playing with the same cast this time around? So, yeah, we, so we've had some fluctuation of, of people in the group. From the very beginning, um, there was only two other people. I couldn't actually play in the first campaign where they recorded and, and edited and did it. Um, it was like a YouTube situation. Uh, but pre-recorded, I wasn't allowed because of a television show I was working on. They didn't want me as part of the contract. And then I got smarter with my next television show and was like, they won't care. And then my lawyer was like, you'll be fine. So I, I mean, he, I'm not supposed to say he said that, but he said that. Um, <laughs> so I, right? That's what I always and say. I'm like, you know, you'll be fine. Yeah. And so then I just um, ended up like then, you know, I was always there. I just couldn't play. And then on the, on the recordings and then we started doing the live stream. And so I think Sujata, um, Sujata Day is someone who's like, she would come in and guess now, but she's not like one of the core anymore. I think she mm-hmm. only was at the very beginning. And then Kelly is still very much part of us. It's just that she has a very busy schedule right now. And we're all understanding because in quarantine and also you need to make money, you need to do what you need to do. So um, she's taking this campaign out, but it's pretty much, I think seven of us who are the same all the time. I would like to play with other people. I never have. (laughs) I've never played with other people. Uh, I am worried because I'm just, I am worried if like they would, you know, not love the fact that I have to ask them which dice this is. Oh, I, <laughs> is this the right one? 
I do that. I can't tell the difference between a D10 no. and a D12 still to this day. Sometimes I... Okay, but that's okay. As long as fine. people don't make you feel sh- shitty for well, it. Well, you shouldn't play fine. with those people anyway. If they're yeah. Right. You know, like that's just... A that's test. a different yeah. problem. Yes. Actually, yeah. that's a great test when you start with a new group. Can you tell me which one is my D12? That's and if true. They're like, Have you played with Kellen? people who made you feel crappy? Oh, for like- yes. Oh, No. I mean, I not not, not particularly for the dice thing, but like um, other things because of a a poor decision, you know. So mm-hmm. for a long time, then I would just um, make characters that were like dumb because then I'd be like, "It's not me. My character doesn't know." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I guess so smart. That's why I make so funny smart. characters. I think that's what I do. I think I make funny. I make my characters funny so that I don't have to. That I can blame it on, like, yeah. make a joke about when I like, mess up. I'm role-playing, you guys. Come on. Like, yeah. Shelly knows the answer to that. but yeah. Right. That's why I like Character playing. versus uh, <laughs> player knowledge. And it's not true. It's not true at all. <laughs> Shelly and the player <laughs> both don't know the They're answer. the same. You're very, it's, it's an innate thing. It's that just you a, it's how many, totally how a defense How many do you guys mechanism. play, like, at once? How many, how many, uh campaigns are you guys doing? Like, who, do you play with a bunch of different groups? I always no. don't know how this works for people. Right now, I've got one consistently that I'm dungeon mastering, and I was in like two before COVID. I was playing in one and, and dungeon mastering in another. So, it, I mean, it varies. Sometimes you end up being like, "Hey, I'm going to play a lot right now because I've mm-hmm. got some time and it, I feel like I need it." Other times, you're like, "Oh man, work is really, you know, oh, yeah. kicking my butt right now." So let's just okay, one a week is yeah. enough. Uh, so you know it fluctuates, and then you know people's like you know like you're describing with the uh, the cast of Girl Scouts Glory. You know people will shift in and out based on right. availability, and you know campaigns kind of peter out, or you know everyone's gets excited about an idea and they jump into it. So you know I try to keep at least one going at some point, but mm. you know it all yeah. it all depends on some things. And you, Shelley, I don't have any games right now, and I really need <sighs> one. Like, oh my I'm gosh, I really... wish we were. I wish she had no. I wish she'd known that because then we could throw you into this campaign. Because <laughs> <laughs> we need more girls and more guts. More guts you and know, more glory. For all, that, for all that glory. I got more <laughs> guts. Let me I tell you. I didn't come up with the name, but I'll take it. I love the name actually. I like it too. And I it's do. G G G. You know, yep. three uh, yep. letters that are all the same. Yeah. I was also afraid of playing. Not. I don't know. I'm not going to say you're afraid, but like I had concerns yeah. about playing with a different group the first time because oh, I yeah. was like very monogamous with my group. Very and I just yeah. I got used to playing with them. We were very comfortable together. And then I remember finding out that one of the players in that in my that game had like two other D D games. And I totally felt like I was being cheated on. I'm like oh, oh my God. I know, right. Erica and Rachel play with so many other groups, I think, or maybe not so many, but they have over the course of a few years. And um, at first I was like, oh, God, are, are we disbanding? Is this not, are we not going to play anymore? <laughs> Is it and me? I realized, Am I not enough yeah. for you? Yeah, and I realize now that that's completely yep. not true. I yep. would love to play. I have a few friends that I would love to have them all come together from their opposite way. I have a friend who plays like with Thomas Middleditch and all these people. And he, he's my friend Humphrey, and he's so funny. I mean, he's like a seven-foot man, English, like... I just really want to see how he plays. So I think I might have to learn how to DM. There you go. <laughs> and then put something, because I really, and also just playing other, like I get to play all the NPC characters like throughout the whole thing. Just 
so that's basically what I'm what I tried to do last time, just as a character. Yes, playing the game. that's true. Yeah. You were kind of so sh- exercising right. that so DM showed, muscle. Yeah, it showed me that like, oh, I just want to play as many things as I can. So if I could just learn, how did you learn, Greg, to DM? I just jumped into it. I had to because I uh, loved the the simulation of this game, like the, like the idea that like there's this living, breathing world going on behind it. I mean, I had dreams of being a uh, playwright and, and fantasy author and all these things. So like the writing still part can. of it, I still, still can. can Greg. Still can, Still am slowly, a little bit, but you know, doing this as my day job. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, and so I, there was, it was right when fourth edition was coming out. Uh, mm. And so I thought, uh, this was the right time to jump in and start, you know, because like you, I was, I thought I had to know everything about the system right. in order to play. And here it was a new system. And I was like, all right, well, I can kind of come in on the ground floor and, you know, uh, be one of the few practiced people in this new system and, uh, you know, got involved that way. And I just uh, loved it because. So do you player, just read the man? Do you just take the manual and you read it? Or do you just like wing it? Uh, wing it. I mean, that, that's what I've had to learn is that it is not really about knowing anything. It's about reading people. It's a lot. I mean, I did stand up too for a long time, and it's mm. very similar. It uses the same yeah. muscles that stand up uses because you are entertaining everybody in the room and you're reading the mm. room and be like, okay, that person hasn't talked in a while. I'm going to make a joke that only they're going to get, or I'm going to inv- involve them in this thing and make them feel like it. The rules part of it is actually so small. It's just, and, uh-huh. and I don't even really care. Like, I'll be like, hey, is this right? Did What do you guys think? Is this the right rule? And they'll be like, oh, no, I think it's this. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. We'll go with that. Oh, that's I don't really care know. about it. Um, and so it, it just seems hard to like know when you want them to roll, you know. I still don't understand what the difference is with some of them. Like, what's the one that always seems the same to me? Perception and... Insight, maybe. I was like, gonna, that's what that what I'm like. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's like it's like that kind of They're stuff. So similar. Yeah. That. How yeah. do you know when to tell? And look, I guess it's is it exactly. up to the dungeon master? Is, it it, is. is that the answer? Okay. The whole, you just make it up. The whole system is guidelines. It's not really like, I mean, there are rules, but you know, it is yeah. just you, you can. It's feeling right, and so perception for me is being able to see and hear something. Uh, that would be difficult to see and hear if you weren't actively listening for it or actively mm. watching for it. Mm. Investigation oh. is like I'm gonna look You're into the space, for, right. and I'm gonna look to, under my keyboard, and I'm gonna you know feel around the edges of something, or okay. you know do that like Sherlock Holmes with a magnifying glass kind of like investigation. Mm. Around what a would room. you say? Insight. Is. Insight is being able to uh, look Read at someone people, and tell like, if they're okay. you know like uh, more like intuition. Maybe. Yeah, like Star Trek. Uh, Deanna Troy is really good at insight. Uh, oh my counselor. gosh, Star Trek! Which one is that? Oh, the oh 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 with the red hair. No, uh, the 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 dark hair uh, uh, from oh, Rik- oh, oh, Riker's. The, uh, you know, curly. Uh, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, Listen, I used to watch Next Gen, so I was a child watching Next Generation. I'm rewatching it now, and I it is the Are best you? comfort. F- like a piece of entertainment right now because I'm taking back to how it felt when I was a kid. Oh, it was my parents. Yeah, that's yeah, so my parents. sweet. Yeah, my parents we used are watching to sit, it. My whole family used to sit down and watch it together, and so I'm oh. watching these episodes that I haven't really watched since like 1987 or whatever. And I, I, it's so weird how I feel like ah, safe. It's Saturday night, uh, and I feel at home, mm-hmm. which I really need right now. But that's why that yeah. the, the, the Troy thing came up was because that's what she does. She just she's she can tell whether someone's lying or what emotion that might be going through, and that's what insight is. Because she okay. was a little psychic. Yeah, she was an empath, right? right? Like she could, she could yes. feel what they're feeling. 
Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Um, I heard someone feeling what someone else was feeling just now. Uh, my, a, son, that was, my son is my playing insight. Fortnite with his best friend right now. Oh man! They face see, they FaceTime each a, other, and it's all the. I've never been a gamer like that. Like I'm not good at um, hand eye coordination. It's mm, funny because I'm like a really great dancer, but I can't play video games or draw. No, I you are a good dancer. I can't do any of those. My fingers are. I should also be an alien because you should be a piano player. A piano player. Yeah, I should. I think I'm going to order one with the lights and tell you how to play. Quarantine skill, maybe. It's like maybe. the game and then Simon. stickers that say the notes. Mm-hmm. Smart. Just saying. Have you? So have you done musicals and stuff before? <laughs> oh yeah. So I grew up doing. Um, my dad is a musician, actually, and oh. he's one. He's like one Grammys. Uh, he's a didn't help me at all, but he's a, a bluegrass musician. Um, Sweet. And he's won. He's been nominated for like ten of them and one quarter or something like that. But. That helped me in no way because why would anyone? Uh, oh, the bluegrass! We'll cast you in this movie now. <laughs> we'll cast her right away. She's from the no. um, This movie's got so, nothing to do with bluegrass. <laughs> yeah, or did or he knew anyone in Hollywood? No, thing. no, no. I wish it would have been so much easier. Um, but no, he. Uh, so I grew up singing, and um, and my mom was an actress when she was a little girl doing summer stock, and and was in a theater company with with uh, Mr. Jefferson. Oh, from Good Times, okay. right? Uh, oh my God! Yeah, or the Jefferson, the Jefferson, rather. George Jefferson. Um, yeah, my grandma was like a, owned the theater com- owned the theater company. That's how my mom where, got it. Where was that? Um, in Philadelphia. And I, my bubby just told me, my bubby, honey, I'm half Jewish. My bubby just told <laughs> me that her she, she had the first integrated theater company in, in the Philly? country. I don't know wow. if that's true. I want to say I doubt that. But because what is, it was because if so, that was whoa, there's my headphone. If so, that was way too far. I don't know who knows, but Mr. Jefferson was in it, Sherman Hansley, cool. and my mother. And then she kind of stopped acting to have, I mean, she was a normal kid and everything, but uh, when she met my dad and have kids, because she also studied nursing in case of the revolution, they were going to need nurses because you know, this was the what 70s 60s so yeah and then i was born in the 80s but um so yeah so my what was the question my god add you did musicals oh yeah uh, thank you thank yeah you. I'm, I'm like and i'm into the dancer. story whatever this whatever is, the answer this is story time with kellen no uh so i did i grew up doing <laughs> i grew up doing musicals and plays and stuff i never got the leads in the musicals my voice was not very broadway i mean not that they all sound like that all my Broadway friends. They kind of do. Um, yeah. And so I, I was more like, I sound more bluesy kind of, uh, you know, I have a rasp. And so my mu- like music and then acting and then, you know, one kind of takes over, I guess at some point mm-hmm. I still get to sing, but not often. Like only when I've almost been in frozen two times, like <laughs> down to the short list, frozen one and what? two. And I was waiting for two months and I was this, close and then oh, I didn't man. get it and I was like ah, what life's gonna change yeah. well there's probably gonna be a, a frozen three frozen eight I'll be in it yes. eventually I'll be yeah. Betty White's age frozen eight and I'm you'll there. get there you'll be the Susan Lucci of frozen I'll, I'll still like warm hugs <laughs> um, oh yeah. hugs remember hugs oh weren't they gosh. great oh man I mean I have like one person who can hug me and um 
I have to ask for them, which is really annoying. But at least I'm getting them. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I you have the kids, it's almost know. overwhelming. It's... I'm like, all right, yes, more hugs, please. We need, uh... we need them. It's the only thing. Uh, it's like having a, you know, puppies, right? And having. Well, if uh... this goes for another nine months, maybe I'll just have a kid, and then that way I can get someone to hug me all the time that's, until that's until they turn seven. Then they stop hugging. Agreed. Wait, is that what's oh, happening no. with, with Quinn? Yeah. No hugs. Oh my god, no. he's completely changed. He's like. He, ha- he has modesty. He's a seven-year-old he going on 13. He has modesty now. Like, it, this kid used to, like, FaceTime his grandparents when he pooped. Naked. And now he's like, shut the door. Shut the door. And, yeah. yeah. And he wow. doesn't get up and snuggle me anymore. He's My just, girls like, lays on the couch. It's nice that you're respecting his boundaries, though, because you know what? From oh, someone who those that. boundaries weren't <laughs> Good job. <laughs> well, when we grew up like, in the Mom. theater... <laughs> Yeah. There's no boundaries you, there. Right. Well, true. Um, there's not many boundaries, are there, in the, in, in the our entertainment no. industry? When, not in the dressing room, no. for sure. Uh, no. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. we haven't mentioned this yet on, on the air, but I went to uh, college and my wife uh, was in the same acting class with Bobby Moynihan, one of your co-stars. Then we talk, so we talked about this. Oh, but then it's Nathan, isn't it? Uh, Nathan Stewart, he has a connection also to his wife knows Bobby. I think that was me. That was me. Oh yeah, that would be That was you? Yeah. So you were with Nathan when that happened when that might have yeah that might have been the connection, right? And then my wife was there too. So I think she might have talked to you as well. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So then I thought that for some reason I thought Nathan was he was he walking with you and his wife or was it just like I I saw him and then I saw you. Yeah, they they hung out a lot during this was all during uh the stream of many eyes in twenty eighteen for those of you listening. Right. And um that's crazy because so we I remember us talking about this now backstage where the little like slidey dory things are. Yes dressing rooms. Um yeah, he's Bobby Moynihan. We did a show called Me, Myself and I together in two thousand seventeen, three years gosh, three years ago. He's one of the nicest people and everything you want him to be. And I swear his laugh could make Trump or Hitler laugh. <laughs> he was the funniest person like in the room. Like no matter where he was in college, uh, he made everyone just happier. It was it was bizarre. Oh, it's the happiest sounding. <laughs> I, well, that sounded like a creepy clown. Um, but he's, he's, you got to work on your impressions. Sweetheart, here. yeah, I do. He's, I he's need amazing. to. Uh, I need to contact him and just say I talked to you or that I was thinking of him because he's such a good guy. And I hate that we did, we in the in the show. There's three different time periods, right? You guys didn't and get so to interact. He's my much. dad, but in the past, like he's my dad in the present day, but I'm his daughter in the future because there's three different. There's a storyline of one man in three different time periods, three different times. And um, I didn't get to have scenes with him. So I was on a show with someone and like multiple people. The only person I really had scenes with was John Larroquette, who plays him when he's older. But it happened. Um, So like (laughs) very tall. He was very tall. Yeah. And they were like, it's fine. Um, It's a fantasy show. It was, it was like at one point it was Alfred Molina and I was like, oh, okay. And then they're like, it's John Larroquette. I was like, well, that makes sense that I'm tall. Um, Wait, but Alfred so, Molina is like very Latino. Uh, that, yeah, but and Bobby is not. Is he Latino? Is he Hispanic or is he Italian? I'm not sure. What, oh, what yeah, you might be right. Not, yes, but. I don't know. But yeah. I, but I, yeah, but I do know that the height was a little more believable, but. That's funny. Uh, I only had scenes with John and then all the, and like whatever guest stars we had. And also Sharon Lawrence, who 
played his uh, love interest. But um, yeah, it stinks because I wanted to work with him. We worked together, but we didn't work together yeah such a good guy he's so funny and i had one of those weird la moments uh a couple years ago where i was it feels like i'm name dropping but i'm not but i was meeting matthew lillard when we were getting together i know right (laughs) i was was talking to matthew about uh setting up for another one of our live shows Mm -hmm. and bobby was there with his wife uh and their and their new baby and it was like oh my god this is such a weird like I haven't seen you in years. How are you doing? And it was, it, we, we fell right back into like making each other laugh again. And it, it was, it was awesome. And then, you know, my wife got to go hang out with her, I think during that, that time trade too. So yeah, it is, awesome. it's wonderful to uh, see people, you know, continuing to, to like make people laugh in a professional way. And it's, it's amazing. But also who are like good people. Like yes. it's so nice to see good people get what they deserve or had worked towards or their dreams like when when it's someone when someone that's a shithead you're real like (laughs) they were funny funny. i give it to them they tried but when it's someone like bobby like it's nice to know that he was always that guy yeah um and that he still is it's pretty cool that is that is cool, and you've done yeah. so many uh, uh, amazing shows. Uh, yeah. You know, I loved you in Newsroom. I, I was one of my thank you really favorite at that time. Uh, I I actually worked with Tommy Sadowski, I think at one point too. Uh, back when I was doing you uh, did? stage management, yeah, I know all this talk about Hamilton. I was in, he was in a play. He was like a a small part in a play that was called The General from America. And there okay. was a, it was about the uh, Benedict Arnold uh, uh, betraying the U.S. and Nathaniel Nathaniel. Uh, Alexander Hamilton was a character in there too, and I always I was the stage manager, so I always made this joke yeah. that I was uh, the ghost of Aaron Burr, because uh, I'm going to kill, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, Alexander Hamilton. But you know, and, and Tommy and I was like, oh my god, he's so great. And then he went on to have he's that so great nice. success and was so great in, in newsroom too. Tommy's such a good guy. He's a great guy too, and that's someone else that you root for, you know. And he's he does great uh, work with different charities. Like he's a good person, but he's also a wonderful actor. He was always very nice to me. I don't think we we had one scene together ever, maybe. Uh, my first episode. Oh right, because you, yeah, was... your character didn't like him, if I remember correctly. No, no, I liked. I I had no. I never said anything bad about him. I just um, his his character was setting me up with his then girlfriend Allison Pills' character's right. secret crush to keep them away. So yeah, we never had any bad um, any bad vibes character wise. But yeah, I've I've been fortunate. I've worked on a lot of great things. Um, I would love a new job. <laughs> this is for all the producers out there. Yeah. A lot of them listen to Dragon Talk. Um, yeah, a lot your of phone's them. gonna um, be ringing you know, off the hook. Listen, there's a lot of people that play D and D. I mean, I know Joe plays and Megan L and um, Kyle Newman. And and you know, there's a lot of uh, cool people that are in the industry that play. Um, actors whatever um so it's cool to see that i mean i don't know why every actor doesn't play i don't know i mean it's it seems like it's the best exercise yeah exercise and and imagination ever do you think Um, viola davis plays I would almost bet she does not. Um, what kind of question I, 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 she was how to get away with murder. Right. I just oh. so yeah, that's something people can watch during how quarantine. To get away. How to get away with, with murder. Uh, that show um, stressed. I almost do it in an English out. accent, but um she doesn't have one. It's very weird. Yeah, that's yeah. just stressful, especially it's when very you binge stressful. it. Like it's a great show. I was watching it at the beginning because I was on a show called The McCarthy's at the same time that one came out. 
2014, I guess. And I met some, I met some of the cast on that who ended up being good friends or, or friends to this day. And, um, so that came out with that and we met each other during press in Canada. And then I watched it at the beginning. I fell off somewhere cause it was like, Oh, if you miss a few, you, it was confusing. I re binged the whole thing. When I got this job, I play Asher's sister, who's actually a friend of mine. And that's not why I got the job, but it was nice when they were like, we're thinking this person for your sister. What, what do you think? And he was like, yes, which was great. Cause the creator had thought of me and wanted to cast me. And then Matt McGorry, love that guy. He was like, yeah, Kellen. Um, and doing that show, I watched all of them. It is real stressful when you binge that show. One murder after next. Everybody's horrible. And then they just like, there's constant like mistakes happening. I'm just like, stop. Just everybody, just stop. You just have to suspend disbelief after a while because it is is a lot, but it is, it is a great show because there's such good acting. There's a lot of good inclusion on that show. There's, um, there's a lot of, it's very dramatic. It's all the drama you want when people can murder people and, not, and get and get away with it. It's funny it's enough. In it's, it's, right it's in the title. It's right there. in the title. So yeah, so I think season six of that, which I'm on, I play Chloe Millstone, um, Asher's sister, Matt McGorry's sister, and that come, that just came out on Netflix season six. So you can watch me there. Nice. Um, I might have to start yeah. binging again. Yeah. And then I have, I think I have, what happened? I think two movies have come out during quarantine and then I have another one Tell coming us. out. But, uh, one of the movies is called The Bellman. It is a just if you want to laugh at like a really silly sort of Caddyshack type, like really broy kind of humor. I'm I'm in a little bit of it. Um, I'm the girl, basically. Like it, but uh, it's on like Prime and like different places. But it's if you want to laugh, you know, there's great people in it. Like Tom Lennon's in it and. Richard Kahn, oh, nice. you know, Richard Kahn, the guy who talks like this from Spin City. That was horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom Lennon. Well, He's I mean, a fan Tom of the Lennon state from oh, forever. Oh, also Willie, uh, Willie, um, oh my God, my friend's name. I can't remember his last name because I'm having a brain fart. From Sex and the City, who plays... Yeah. Oh, um, guys? Like Stanford? No, Willie. Yeah, he plays Stanford. Oh. But Willie. He's my friend. What the... Having a brain fart. Willie. That's great. Oh, uh, he's going to love that. We're going to cut it out. Don't worry about it. Tons of good people. And then the other one's called A Typical Wednesday. And that's by my friend Jay Lee, who uh, is on the Orville. And um, he wrote, direct, produces, starred in it. And that's a lot. It's oh, wow. Seth Green and Emmy Raver from Umbrella Academy. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, Hamilton. And then Brisha Webb and like really good people, Michael Mosley. And it's just a cute indie comedy about a guy who goes to therapy and then like what if he was what if he ended up being like best friends with the eight-year-old white boy he sees in the elevator every day and like that's kind of where he had that thought when he was going to therapy himself and like he took it from there uh and the other one is an indie called breaking them up i want to call it the reverse parent trap because a kid decides his parents aren't happy and his life sucks forward so how does he so he tries to break up his parents Oh, is there twins yeah, involved it's, too? It's cute. There are no twins. Um, I was going to make a sexual joke, but I didn't. You're welcome. Thank you for that. <laughs> and, we'll keep yes, that till the will, after hours, the Dragon Talk after Dragon hours. Talk after at night. Um, the producer, which I texted just before this says, this is a great thing about Zoom. Uh, it's going to play in the New- Newport Beach Film Festival. Oh, oh cool. That, oh, wait. It got postponed indefinitely. So oh, wait, damn. hold on that. <laughs> um, no. So basically, every every festival that it's in, that one's not out yet. The other ones are on all the platforms where you 
September. And then um, the Breaking Them Up is going to be uh, coming out soon. Sweet. Very Man, exciting. Keeping keep busy. So what is it like I'm now? Sure, I mean, like, I mean, are people doing, are you auditioning over Zoom? What are, oh, you know are what you? I am? Hold on, I have to switch my headphones because, uh, <laughs> wow. Hold on. You did, did it. it work? I think so. Hi. You know? Now I look like as professional as you. Yep. Right, exactly. That you got really nice cans. This is what yep. they call them in the biz. These cans. The cans. Well, he's I used we were that. About something else. I know but, uh, he's used that one hours. on me too. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, right. Dragon Talk Afton Hours. It talks about a few cans. Not for Your the audio uh, uh, equipment. I have to go mm. like this so I can still hear myself talk. Like I'm in the sound booth. Uh, <laughs> 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 When's the album this? dropping? When's your album <laughs> dropping? Look at my ear. Um. You said, oh, okay. So yes, I am auditioning via um, taping and it's really weird. So I did one where it was like this. Um, it actually wasn't my audition, which it should have been, but it was my friends. And it was like for this show that I think has already been picked up um, for a Zoom, like dating. Well, it's a Zoom show about friends when they're all talking on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And it was like him and me on the screen. And um having a conversation like we're having, but about other issues and there's all these different characters and they've already picked it up. Funny thing was I just written a scene basically that we ended up, that was the audition. I was like, someone already had this idea. Great. Great. Um, I bet everybody, I I remember when COVID started, everyone was like, all the screenwriters in Hollywood are busy writing like dating during quarantine movies. There's one called dating during Corona is a show I just read about. There's (laughs) connected, which is the zoom one for universal. There's, um, are these reality shows? No, these are scripted these are shows. Scripted. Like, okay. I did a scripted scene over Zoom. And then I've done a single camera audition, a multi-camera audition, and then two others in the beginning. It was very dead for almost like in the very beginning there's auditions. And then it has been dead until about like two weeks ago. They have done, sent out auditions for a tentative fall production, which mm. is hopefully a good sign. Um, I don't think anyone knows how it's going to work yet, but they're trying and that's good. Um, So it's basically like one of them asked for a live reader, which I thought was pretty irresponsible. And I took that to mean that someone had to be in my house. Thank goodness I had someone that was like able to come in and was safe and stay at six feet. But, you know, you set up the backdrop on the ring light and you record it on your phone. And then the other one I did actually yesterday, was it yesterday? I think so, where someone was on FaceTime on my computer, which was down like low. And then I had the phone and the ring light there, like standing up with me. And then I like had to look at a wall and pretend it was the person. (laughs) It's a very weird thing, but like there are ways to do it. It just takes a lot more than acting. You have to be your cameraman, your director, your editor, your blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's possible. Well, what's funny about what you're saying there, and just to bring it back to D&D a little bit before we uh, we close this out, is that I, I'm doing some of that for running my games as the Dungeon Master mm. right now. Because you need, you know, we're not meeting in the same space. There are definitely virtual tabletops out there, but I, I've found uh, they're not necessarily for me. So I like just having this connection. And I find myself like... Yeah, we're not doing that. 
setting up cameras here and getting lighting and then having this Match. one connected and a zoom oh, wow. uh, on a P- on a PC back here connected and then having multiple angles so people can and I'm using miniatures and stuff so people can kind right. of see Oh you are doing that. Yeah, and I'm and I'm like man, I'm basically like gripping and producing my whole like this whole show you just for these four people. Rewind. You were actually still doing minis and maps and all of that? Yeah. Yeah. I have, <gasps> I'm using like all we're like, not. like scenery <laughs> because, and stuff like oh that my I've been God. getting and Every, having multiple cool toys. What's that? Yeah. We're we're not doing that. We I think we just decided it was like too much. Maybe it was too much on how to do it and cameras and having the equipment. I mean, I'm sure that we could figure it out. Maybe that's what we do the next go round. But we we decided I think that like just watching uh, our ridiculous faces was enough, enough entertainment. Yeah. But hopefully, but that's that's admirable. It is a lot. Oh yeah, and I mean, we were doing it a little bit already by kind of producing Dragon Talk from home. So I had a, like a little bit of a leg up, and I was like, "But I, right. you know, I think I can make this work." And I, I started doing stuff, you know, with my phone to like take like using the phone as a camera, uh, so I kind of have an extra camera. So I'm tilting it down to have like a top down view. And are you yeah, editing too, or are you doing it live? No, we're just doing it live. It's just for. It, this we're not. It's not producing it for any show. It's only just oh, for the just, four just or five people. Players. Just for the players. But that also been, takes a lot of pressure off, pressure off, which is great because it's just about like you don't need to make sure that this is a great shot for that the home audience can see, just that the people you're playing with can see. And then yeah. people that's really I would appreciate the crap out of that. And then I'm just being I like, hey, already you, do. Oh, well, thank you. It's <laughs> very uh, nice. But it's been fun. And I but you know, like you said, it, everybody is doing what they can uh during this time to, you know, make those connections as well as, you know, improve your skills. And it's been it's been yeah. fun doing that. I want to keep doing it and hopefully we'll learn how to DM and I'll learn how to play with other people and uh, keep doing it. Sweet. Well, Shelly yeah. needs a game, I hear. I need a game. And I need to I practice mean, being a dungeon master. I need to practice. I know. We'll figure that out. Okay. Make it happen. If you do, if you do DM, you have to let me know because I want to learn. I will. I feel like it would definitely be entertaining is all I can say about it. <laughs> have you ever considered de- co-DMing? You know, so there's this there's this thing in, in uh, I don't know if I should say the name of it because I don't know if that's like contrary to show stuff, but there's a thing where you go away somewhere and you play, am I allowed to talk about that? And you go play Dungeons and Dragons uh, in a castle. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. No, you can talk yeah, about yeah. that. That's fine. Okay. So D&D in a castle and they asked a bunch of us girls if we would be interested in going. You go to England and you can DM or be an NPC or be a GM, which I'm just learning about. I thought that was only for basketball teams. Um, <laughs> a GM. Actually, that's of, what I played on. Of which your character was from the Bulls, right? right? Yeah. I, I was a GM of the, of the Bull, Lakers and then the Bulls. No, the I've, Bulls and then the Lakers. I've been watching the last, this is totally non sequitur, but I've been watching the Last Dance documentary and like. I just watched it. It's so good. It makes so me So good. Feel- I was, what was crazy is I was a huge Michael Jordan fan back in the day. And uh, that's one of the reasons I went to University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. is because oh. I was like, he was a hero. And also my dad's from North Carolina, blah, blah, blah. I, I didn't, get, Durham. didn't get in state tuition. More connections. I lived <laughs> in Durham, North Carolina for five years. Uh, Weird. And, yeah, and would go to UNC Chapel Hill all the time just to get like you know because it was the only place that felt cool to pick get up girls. To pick up girls. <laughs> to get some decent Thai food is what I was gonna say. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 Or Indian <laughs> that's food. Or Indian food or like any that's, food that was that's a euphemism. Thai food. <laughs> okay. Okay. Heard that right. before. Uh, all right, no, we gotta set it, this down before we get to after hours talk. Uh, yeah, uh, I forget what we were even talking about because now all I can think about is you eating Thai food. Um, uh, being a GM, uh, general oh, manager. Oh, yeah, yeah, 
so you can go away and play um, and be all these things. And so I'm, I am going, but the problem is we oh, nice. don't know when we're allowed to travel. We don't oh, know yeah. if I'll be on a show. There's like so much, so it's all tentative, but I'm going to go do that. And I've been asked to DM, but I'm like, listen, I have a lot to learn. So there's a chance I might go play a bunch of NPCs at different people's tables. Like four oh, tables that's cool. A day. Oh, that, that would be right up your alley. And that way I could learn for the next one because there's yep. different months and then come back and then DM. So um, forget that's how we great. got into that. Why did we get into Co-DM. that? Co-DM. Because you guys are going to DM together. Oh, because I was going, because I was asking. Neither of about, us know the rules. What are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what one of us lacks, the other one has. Because we, because I was supposed to go with one of my girls, Allie. She was going to co, we were going to co-DM. So before we got, the reason we got started on this new, to bring it back around, the uh, Girls Got Glory season is because Allie was like, hey, y'all, I want to learn to DM for this thing for, you know, can we do a practice game? So we all brought characters and I brought what is now the son of the character I'm playing now. Um, oh, cool. I was oh playing, cute. I was playing this character and I was like, there's something here. Cause I made him, uh, cause you know that song, jukebox hero. Yeah. That one. <laughs> so for some reason I made him a rock gnome and I was like, yeah, and his name's Juke, Juke, and he would sing Jukebox Hero, and he's like, yeah, well, I, uh, you know, I'm the best roadie in the, you know, and then all of a sudden I was like, no, I feel, I kept going back to Bill Nye and Love Actually, and I kept being like, yeah, you know, it's not, you know, <laughs> and then I, for some reason, like, loved that guy, and I decided to play him and be the father for this new campaign, so I'm playing Rufus Rippard, and he's like, my basically, I, I take like a visual of someone or impression of someone and I make it in the character and sometimes, and this one is Bill Nye or Nye, I don't know how you say it, in um, Love Actually, that rocker that he plays. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm semi that guy, but as a rock gnome wizard. That's awesome. Now you know. I, I dig on that. I love That's awesome. it. Uh, so if you want, I'm, I'm love that you guys recorded these ahead of time and you got them all yeah. ready to go and we're uh, showing them off on we are ready uh, for them. twitch.tv slash D&D, 10 a.m. on Wednesdays. So yes, if you're not working or you want something on in the background while you are, check them out. Uh, and it those, will be uh, on YouTube after, but definitely exactly. watch them in the moment so nothing's spoiled. I think it's better. And you're jumping into the chat sometimes if, if you have time yeah, to... Yeah, we're all jumping into the chats uh, to, to talk and to say, oh, did you see me mess up there? Or, you know, <laughs> what's that, what's that, that rule again? That math was wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. Why did my accent go away? We're, we're, uh, we're commenting and, and having fun with people in the chat. So that's, that's a good time. That's, awesome. that's great. Awesome. And if people want to get uh, more information about what you're doing, where's, what's the other... Best part, all at, these movies you got coming out. At Kellen Coleman, I guess is the best way. I'm mostly on Instagram these days. Uh, so at Kellen Coleman, I post about the stuff I have and I am on other things, but I feel like Instagram's just the only thing I'm really right now driving hard on. But, you know, I'll get back on the other things as we go. It's an interesting time. Yes. You got to pick a platform and go with it. I picked a platform and I'm going with it. All nice. the way to outer space. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're oh, almost there. Bring it up. It's jokes. a callback. It's a callback to the first joke we made at the beginning there. You're a pro. You're a pro. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for joining this us. Is so, fun. so good to talk to you. I Me love uh, that you guys are playing again. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Girls' Guts and the glory that is taken with it. Uh, yes. In the All the glory. Thank you. So you're we'll the see best. You we'll see you at 10 a.m. Wednesdays. Yay!
Oh my gosh, I feel like I could listen to Kellen talk forever. Uh, I want Dungeons to. and Dragons about you know her Hollywood career. It was fantastic. Would it be weird if I just called her back just to chat? No, I think she wants I to love talk more. Her. Yeah, we should just call her up. I think she would talk for like another twenty minutes. She's at least. amazing, and I can't wait to see what. Oh, I didn't even get to ask her about Big Little Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. That is great. That was one of my favorite shows too. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, well, they'll have to be a next time. There, I, I absolutely want to bring her back because right. she was a uh, shot of energy to uh, our little dragon talk from remote that we've been doing here. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's been so good. Um, Shelly, what is going on? Do we need to pl- plug anything else before we, we, we close this out? I would say that check out Betrayal at Mystery Mansion if you're looking for a new game to add to your family game nights. Do it. Do it. Just Get the it. Essentials Kit, play it as uh, yeah. uh, Kellen was talking about, and yeah. uh, play it with your kids. Get your kids check playing. Out, check out Dragon Magazine. Dragon Plus. Dragon uh, Plus. That is <laughs> What's available. that thing called that it's, this guy I live with is like in charge of? He's um, doing a great job getting it on all of our phones as well as oh, uh, getting I, the yes. content up there uh, along but with the editor-in-chief, Matt Chapman. Uh the last issue, I think, was all about D and D Live twenty twenty, as well as uh, you know, Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. So there's tons of stuff in there for you to peruse, which you should. And uh, you can follow me. I'm at Greg Tito. If you want to get in touch with Shelly, how can you do that? I am Shelly Moo on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Yes. And uh, as always, if you want to find out more about D and D, go to DungeonsAndDragons.com. Uh, you can also do the Dragon Plus thing. Follow it on Instagram, on Twitter at underscore uh, wizards underscore DND. Uh, shout out to Ryan Marth and uh, Lisa Carr from Siren Sound for putting together Dragon Talk on the regular. They do great stuff. We love and, them. Uh, we love them, including letting us know uh, how to lift up our clouds with these cloud lifters <laughs> that we're using today. You sound great. Um, and of so course, jealous. thank you to uh, Pelham Green and Sean Mayowski for helping us on the visual end of things for video. And thank you to Shelly, my co-host, for lifting me up, not only thank while we're you. here on mic, but just in general. You're a good person, Shelly. You're a good person too, Tito. Stay now, golden. I don't know what's going on with Drunky Two-Shoes. She's incognito, she's running not. through a town, trying to find a saucer of milk and her brother. In that order. That's right. Uh, and so you wanted to try and, uh, I believe, bluff your way into... Yeah, I, I'm hoping that people will think I am whoever this mysterious person was that jumped me in the jungle. All right. Uh, so what exactly are you going to do? Are going to go up to someone you see? No, you know, I'm just going to like look around and see, does any, is anyone looking at me? Does anyone approach me? All right, so that's a perception check, which I'll okay. just roll for you real quick. You got Thank a you. six. Uh, let's I think say, I have like a... Three or yeah, I don't think bonus. you got too big of a bonus because uh, you're not very wise at Drunken Two Shoes. You've never been very wise. Uh, so yeah, you glance around and uh, you don't get any sense that you're being followed or, or, or noticed uh, particularly in any way except uh, a little girl is at the end of the kind of street and yeah. she's with her mother and you kind of see her uh, holding uh, onto the mother's skirts as the mother is haggling with a shopkeeper uh, about some bread. Uh, and she just kind of turns and looks at you and you see her eyes go wide a little bit as she looks at you. And she's about 40 feet away. Um, I'm going to walk up to her. Okay. And I'm going to get close, like five feet. And kinda, I'm, I'm going to go. Hi. 
I just waved to her. Uh, she kind of still looks at you and then says, I, Oh, hi, mommy, mommy. And she starts pulling on her mom. Uh, this probably happens to Drunky all the time because she's a very tall cat. She's a very tall cat. Doesn't you know? Not, you don't see those every so day. So Drunky will bend down and get in front of the little girl and say, "Do I know you?" Oh. <laughs> and uh, you see the little girl go, "Meow," and she uh, kind of tries to to um, touch your fur. And we'll end it there. We'll see what happens next time on Dragon Talk. So annoying. That's the worst part about being a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you. We out. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Mwah, mwah.